Go towards the back, all the way towards the back. Hebrews. And when you get there, get chapter 2, please. Hebrews 2. And then um, verses 9 and 10. Hebrews 2, we'll read two verses, verse 9 and 10. Hallelujah. And it is not necessary, but some people out of, out of uh, honor for the word stand. It's not necessary that you do. But if you uh, choose to, that's, that's fine. Hebrews 2, verses 9 and 10. When you get there, say, I got it. All right, verse 9 and 10. Let's read those together. Ready, read. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Verse 10 again <clears throat> says, For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Father God, today we thank you for the, ter the time we have now, the opportunity we have to spend this time in your word. I ask you, Lord, that you'd anoint me afresh. I ask you for a fresh dose of grace, a fresh dose of divine energy that I need today to minister your word to your people. I pray, Father, you give me utterance, give me the unction of the Holy Ghost to speak and to do the things that you uh, show me and lead me to do. I ask that, Father, your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, receiving hearts, and that the word of God, the seed of the word, falls on good ground and that it produces the quantifiable results that you have given us, some 30, some 60, some even 100-fold. And I pray, Father, that the manifestation will be so apparent in our lives. We'll know that the manifestation is a result of this word today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Today I'm talking on, um, we're continuing or picking back up uh, our series. You know, we took last Sunday off because it was Resurrection Sunday. And so we ministered a Resurrection Sunday message. And uh, so we're getting back to our series now on the relationship goals. Today we're talking about the glory of sonship. The glory of sonship. Now if you recall... Back in John chapter 1, verse 12, in the King James Version, uh, the Bible says that it, as many as received him, him being Jesus, uh, in verse 11 it says he came, Jesus came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But then it says here, but as many as received him, to them gave he what? Power, Power to become what? The sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So what I've been talking to you about is that how God has relationship goals. And he gave us the goal right here at the beginning. That when we believe on Jesus, when we receive Jesus, he gives us power to become what? Sons of God. So the end goal is that you and I would arrive at a place called sonship. Now, I, I wanted to make this clear to you, and I continue to reiterate this, that you and I are already, the moment we get born again, the Bible already says in 1 John, beloved, uh, behold, now are we the sons of God. So we are already sons of God. How many people in here born again? If you're, if you're born again, you're already a son or daughter of God. You allow the gender uh, specific here. You're, 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 you're <laughs> I know we got to kind of make that clear today. So so you and I are already sons and daughters of God, but I'm, I'm just going to use the word sons here, okay? So we are sons of God the moment we're born again. In fact, we're already citizens of the kingdom of God. Remember I talked about that last week, citizenship. So God's goals, we, we, we first get born again, we, we are members of Christ's body. The Bible says we are members of Christ's body individually, right? And then, but from membership, there's another level that we talked about. About we call it discipleship. Everybody say discipleship. Now, if you recall, I ministered on discipleship, the cost of discipleship. 
And Luke 17, I'm just, I'm just, Luke 14 rather, I'm bringing this up because, again, it's been a couple weeks since we've been here. So I just got to make sure we're on the same page this morning. So with discipleship, there were costs that Jesus Christ gave. Luke 14, verse 26, 27, and verse 33. He said, you got to hate your parents. <laughs> hate, hate your wife. You got to hate your children. Now, some of you might say that that's pretty easy, Pastor. But he's not talking about... <laughs> In fact, he said you got to hate your own life. But he's not talking about hate in the terms of, in terms of uh, you have an evil hatred towards someone. What he's saying is you must give preference to him, deference even, to him over your family. And if you don't ever get to the point where you love him more than them, he said you cannot be my disciple. He said your own life also. If you never get to the point where you don't love him more than your own life, then you cannot be his, his disciple. Then he goes on, verse 33, and says that um, you must forsake all you have and follow him. All right? So you got you to gotta, you gotta make every, that word forsake means, literally means to leave it all behind. And you and I have to make sure we are willing to leave everything behind to follow Jesus. I'm leaving all to follow Jesus. That's an old song. Now, you might say, well, that's kind of demanding, Pastor. Remember I told you, the reason why he's so demanding is because when we come into the kingdom, we're switching systems. We're switching how we operate. If you were going to leave uh, the United States of America and go to, let's say, Botswana, and you want to be a Botswanian, a citizen of Botswana, you have to lose your American mindset. Okay, let's say you want to go to Venezuela. Maybe you don't want to go, go to Botswana. You want, want to go to Venezuela. Or, okay, this is a good, good example. Let's say you, you like Chinese food. You say, I'm going to move to China because I like Chinese food. I want to get authentic Chinese food. China is not a republic. China does not operate with a, a democratic form of government. So when you go to China... When, when, you, when you go to China, you have to switch your mindset because it's a different system. And all the freedoms and things you had here and things you thought you could do here, you can't just do there. Y'all got it. So because we're, when we get born again, we're joining a different kingdom. The Bible says um, that God has, in, in the book of Colossians, uh, it says he's delivered us from the power of darkness. Colossians 1, I think verse 12 or 13. He says he delivered us from the power of darkness and then translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. So we're in a different kingdom. So the demands of this, so the reason why uh, discipleship is so demanding is not because he's trying to wreck your life. It's because he's trying to immerse us in, 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 in an education um, that we we can now learn to operate in his system. Y'all got that? Okay, y'all don't make me work hard. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting on this divine energy to fall on me. Hallelujah. I worked out in the sun all day yesterday. I'm, I got zapped. Praise the Lord. So we talked about then uh, two Sundays ago, the rights of citizenship. Everybody say the rights of citizenship. And I told you how the moment you get born again, you're, you immediately have a status raise. Your, 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 your uh, status changes immensely the moment you get born again. You remember Luke 7, 28. Luke 7, 28. In the Living Bible, it says in all, matter of fact, I want you to read it with me. Can you read it? Ready? Read. In all humanity. Stop. In all humanity, not your, not your biggest TikTok star, not your biggest YouTube influencer, not George Soros, not, not Mark Zuckerberg, not President anybody, not King so-and-so, no matter who you talk about, in all humanity, there has never been, nor will there ever be anyone greater than John. This John is John the Baptist. And these, if you see in your Bible, it's the words of Jesus. They're in red. So he has the authority and the wisdom, the know-how to know about all people in humanity. Past, present, and future. And he says in all humanity, there is no one greater than John. Now keep reading. Keep reading. Ready? Read. 
and yet, so notice he's, he's, he's contrasting two different types of kingdoms, two different types of systems. The, the kingdom of man, John is the highest you can get in the kingdom of man. But the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than the highest person in the kingdom of man. Which means that you and I should not be standing in awe of anybody in this natural world system. You and I should never be outdone and outlived by anybody in this natural system. Because their ceiling is your floor. I don't know if you got that. Say it, their ceiling is my floor. The highest they can go is the lowest I can start. Some of y'all, you'll get this by Thursday if you meditate on it. He wants us to never be in awe of the world. There's only so far they can go, and they will never outdo, overachieve John. And if you got born again and do nothing in the kingdom, you are still. Now, I, I don't want any do-nothingers in here. But if you got in the kingdom and did nothing, just by virtue that you're in the kingdom, you are already on a higher profile, a higher status than any regular human being. Hallelujah. Now, so we've been talking about the rights of citizenship, the rights of citizenship. Everybody say, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. Now, I want to read one more place uh, for you here. Ephesians 2. I'm just doing a quick review here. Ephesians 2, verse 12 and 13, and verse 19 in the Amplified Classic. Ephesians 2, verse 12 and 13, and verse 19 in the Amplified Classic. And you probably would, it it help you to read this along with me. Y'all have it? Okay, let's read together. Ready? Read. Remember that you were at that time separated, living apart from Christ, excluded, utterly estranged, and outlawed from the rights of Israel. Notice that we were estranged and outlawed from the what? Rights of Israel as a nation. Keep going. And strangers with no share in the sacred compacts of the messianic promise with no knowledge of or right in God's agreements, his covenants. Are y'all with me? And you had no hope. Come on. You were. Hey, media, y'all got to make sure y'all keep up because y'all lagging behind. All right. You were in the world. Without God. Verse 13. Have been. Verse 19, we're going to now. Verse 19. Verse 19, where I want to go. All right. Ready, go. Therefore, excluded from what? The what? From the what? Rights of citizens. So you as a citizen have rights. And you are not excluded from those rights of citizens. Keep going. But you now share citizenship with the saints. Come on. Come on. All right, y'all getting this here. So verse 19 again says, Therefore you are no longer outsiders, exiles, migrants, and aliens excluded from the rights of citizens. You know there are people who, who uh, migrate to America, some legally and some illegally, however they, they get here, I don't blame them. <laughs> I don't, I don't, if anybody's trying to get here to America, I don't blame them. Because I don't care if you, if you live in the poorest state, Mississippi, it's going to be much better than the state, than the nation you came from. 
So I don't blame them. But do you know that when people first come here, until they obtain legal status, legal citizenship, there are rights that they do not get that you and I have by nature of being born here. Just being born here, there are unalienable rights that have been endowed to us. Y'all got this here. So you and I, when we get born again, now we're born again in or into the kingdom of God. So now by birthright, we have rights as citizens. And most people of God have no clue about the rights we have as citizens. Glory to God. Now let me, let me, let me just try to round this review out here. Because I, I closed out last uh, time we were here talking about um, when, you, when you know your rights, you don't need permission. Do y'all remember that? When you know your rights, you don't need permission. And I talked about how Florida made the news here recently. Uh, I think starting July 1st, thank you, Lord, we will now be a permitless carry state, meaning now you can carry a concealed weapon uh, without a permit. Some people are scared of that and think that's a dumb idea. I think it's the greatest idea in the world because it's a constitutional right. We should have never needed a permit to do what the Constitution gave us the right to do. In fact, most states around the country who already have this in effect in their states, they call it, they don't call it permitless carry, they call it constitutional carry. Because it's a constitutional right. And I shouldn't have to ask permission to do what the Constitution gave me a right to do. The Second Amendment of our Constitution gave us the right to bear arms. And the... Let me just be political here for a second. The reason you and I have the right to bear arms, one, is to protect our domicile, our homes, but two, to protect us from government infringement. And nations where, where they have taken away people's rights to bear arms, governments run them. And if you, don't, you and I don't want to be run by government, you better have a piece on your hip. Try coming to my house if you want to. No, you do not have the right to search and seizure. Hallelujah. Y'all are deep and spiritual and deep and wonderful. Y'all don't know, you don't understand your rights. You don't understand that when they're doing this, they're trying to take away your rights to protect yourself and your rights to keep the government at bay. See, when people don't understand this kind of stuff, Elder Warren, that, that's, that's why people say, yeah, we need separation of church and state because the church, the church shouldn't be, you know, in the state. No, you don't understand. When, when, when we, you and I have the right to free speech and freedom of worship, it was not so that the church couldn't influence the government. It was so that the government couldn't influence the church. That's what the First Amendment is all about. And the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. I'm going to come on this side. I got some veterans on this side. The Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. <laughs> you won't respect my First Amendment right. I got a Second Amendment right that's going to make sure you, you respect my First Amendment right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I don't need permission for what is a right. Because the Constitution gave me the right. In the kingdom, we also have a Constitution. It's called the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. And in the Constitution, it enumerates all of our rights. It lists all of our rights. And once you know your rights that are in the Constitution, you don't ask permission for what's already a right. When, when you and I open what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament, a better, <coughs> excuse me, a better way to view that is the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. So our rights are granted to us, unalienable rights by our Creator, 
that now since we have these rights, I don't have to ask permission. So I don't need permission to enjoy life. I have a right. John 10, 10 Amplified Classic. I am come that you may have and enjoy life. Have it to the full in abundance until it overflows. So I came to give you the right to enjoy life. So you don't have to ask God, can you enjoy life? And you definitely don't have to ask the devil, can you enjoy life? Enjoying life is your constitutional covenantal right. I'll find somebody online. You don't, you, don't, you don't have to ask permission to be healed. Healing is the children's bread. It's your right. That's why over in Luke, I think it's chapter 13 or somewhere, where Jesus tells, tell, talks about that woman who had, had a, she was bowed over uh, 18 years. He said, ought not this daughter, woman being a daughter of Abraham, he's talking about her covenant right. She's a daughter of Abraham. She's a covenant right. Ought not she be loosed from her infirmity? In other words, she didn't need permission, all religious folk. You don't need permission. She had a right to be healed. Tell your neighbor, you have a right to enjoy life. Tell them, you have a right to be healed. I don't have to ask permission to be healed. Healing is already mine. Matter of fact, healing is such a right, you are given it the moment you're born again. That means the moment you got saved, you got healed. The moment you got born again, you got healed. I said you got healed. I said you got healed. That means if a sickness comes, it's coming to violate your right. You better use your Second Amendment right. Praise is my weapon. I'm going to praise my way to my healing manifest. I'm going to shout my way to my healing manifest. I use my right, my right to pray. Oh, my goodness. I don't need permission to be wealthy. I have a right to be rich. Proverbs 10.22 says the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he has no sorrow with it. Being rich, being wealthy is my right. Psalm 112 verse 3 tells me that wealth and riches shall be in my house. It's a covenant right to be wealthy. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 says that he became poor, so out through his poverty might become rich. So being rich is my right. I don't have to ask your permission. Oh, man, help me. I'll tell you, neighbor, I don't need your permission to be rich. Tell him you ain't got to like it. I'm rich because it's my right. Oh, y'all, shucks now. Shucks now. Y'all. Some of y'all, no, no, because see, you don't understand, Pastor, because the man, the man holding me back. The man, the man, what man? What man is holding you back? The only man holding you back is the inner man on the inside of you. Beloved, I wish that you might prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So you will prosper and be healed as much as your inner man allows you to prosper and be healed. I don't need your permission. I don't need mama them permission. I don't need no president's permission. I don't need any mayor's permission. I don't need anybody's permission to be healed, to be rich, to enjoy life. It's my unalienable right. Unalienable means that it, I cannot be alienated from it. I cannot be separated from this right. It is, an, it is an, uh, uh, an innate right that I have. It is intrinsic in my new birth. Y'all, boy. It is intrinsic in my, it's part, it's integral to, to, to who I am. I'm, I'm trying to put this in plain words. It, it, it's, 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 your baby shower when you got born again, all your gifts were healing, riches, wealth, abundance, prosperity, happiness, 
peace, joy, life. It all, when you got born again, your baby shower, your, your, it's all, it, all, it all came to you. I mean, Jesus said healing is the children's bread. Healing is what? And then David, see, I've been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed. You ain't got to beg bread when it's all right. Begging is not for citizens. See, and if you don't know who you are, and see, you only learn this through discipleship. If you don't devote yourself to the word of God, if you don't devote yourself to somebody teaching you, if you don't devote yourself to getting revelation. if you, See, some people, I, I, I keep thinking about this here, people want to grind and hustle in the world, trying to make that, that thing happen in the world. You ought to take some time and grind and hustle in this word. Because, I, I, I mean, I'm not picking on anybody for grinding. I mean, do your thing. But if, at least take some time. Make this your primary grind. My primary grind is in God's word. Remember I just I read to you, uh, I just quoted to you Psalm 112 verse 3 that says, well, the riches shall be in his house. Verse 1 sets the qualifier for that. Verse 1 says, blessed is the man who delights in the, in, who, who fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. That person gets verse 3. That means wealth and riches doesn't don't go to everybody. It goes to the one who fears God and then delights greatly in his commandments. Jesus. Y'all got this? Now, <clears throat> man, I mean, I didn't get to this whole sonship thing. I'm just, this... This citizenship thing is, is big. The, the, way, the way some of y'all are looking, you need more discipleship. And we all do. Because we're all going from faith to faith. Am I right about it? So don't, don't think you ever arrive. Don't think you, 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 you're already mature enough, you don't need discipleship. We all need discipleship. We all need to grow in the Lord. In, in, um, in Luke 15... I want to show you something here on this. I'm still in this citizenship thing. Lord, help, help me transition to sonship later, um, whenever, however. The Lord showed me how to preach this thing. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I have covenant rights. They're in my constitution. Hold your Bible up. Hold your Bible up. This, this, is, this is your constitution. This is your constitution. You might as well get your iPad or your phone, whatever you got. Just so this is this is my constitution. See, in, in here, in here, it lists all my rights. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. See, Paul said, he said, our citizenship is in heaven. Didn't he say that? Our citizenship is in heaven. So since our citizenship is in heaven, then our rights come from heaven. I live from another system. I'm only a stranger and a pilgrim here. I'm, I'm also what Paul calls in 2 Corinthians 5, uh, an ambassador for Christ. So if I'm an ambassador here, then my rights are not dictated by what's here. In fact, as, a, as an ambassador, I'm granted something called diplomatic immunity. Oh, man. Who am I preaching to anybody here? Is anybody over here listening to what I'm saying? Because I don't see it. They, they got it over here. I'm granted something called diplomatic immunity which means I'm not actually subject to the laws of this land. I'm governed from a different place, from a heavenly country. And my rights, 
which also includes my provision, all comes from a different country. Tell you, you better get this, you better get this, you better get this. Don't let this world squeeze you, screw tight on you, and make you think you're never going to make it. You're never going to have anything. You're never going to be anybody. No, 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 no. I, 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 I came here somebody. For the least in the kingdom is greater than the highest in the world. Where did I just tell y'all to go? Did I tell y'all to go somewhere? I'm a citizen. As a citizen, I have rights. Covenant rights. And I don't let, I recognize anything contrary as a violation of my rights. If you're struggling financially, it's a violation. Y'all better not sleep on this. It's a violation. Somebody come in and violate your rights as an as a American citizen, man, you get all crazy. I mean, you, you start acting a fool. I know my rights. I know my Most of the people don't even know their rights, but it's my, I know my rights. I know my rights. And yet, poverty comes in like a prowler. Like an armed bandit. And here it is. Well, you know, my mama, and you know, this the neighborhood, you know, and I didn't. No, it's, it's a violation of your rights. Sickness hits your body. Pains hit your body. It's a violation. This came to me Wednesday. We were in prayer Wednesday morning, and it came to me that anytime a pain hits your body, and when you believe God for, for healing and for total health and total life, a pain is a false witness. Every symptom you have is a false witness. It's a lie from the pit of hell. Now, you might feel it just to show you feel it, but it's a false witness. It's here to tell you a lie. Your pain is telling you a lie. Your pain telling you you ain't healed. I'm t- am I right about this, pressure? Your, your pain is telling you you're not healed. That sickness is telling you you're not healed. But what does your covenant say? By his stripes, come on. I am healed. See, and you got to start defending your rights. So when that pain comes, oh, praise God, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, I magnify your name. Pulling out my weapon to defend my rights. Hallelujah. I have rights. I know my rights. I defend my rights. Hallelujah. I won't let the devil keep violating my rights. Depression. Anxiety, false witnesses trying to violate your rights. Hallelujah. You have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Happiness, yes, happy. 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 You have a right to be happy. It's your covenant right to be happy. If you, can't, if you can't force a smile on your face right now, you are being violated. Check your neighbor. See if they can smile. Just see if they smile. Just, 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 just tell them, give me just a smile. <laughs> if, if, if they can't smile, tell them you're being violated, man. You have a right to be happy. 
The Bible says happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people who's got it. I think it's Psalm 144, the end of Psalm 144. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. If God is your Lord, if the Lord is your God, then you have a covenant right to be happy. I just want to be happy. Boom, 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 boom. I want to be happy. And I should be. It's my covenant right. It's my covenant right. Hallelujah. You get it? Psalm 144, 15. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Happy, 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 happy. Happy, 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 happy. Happy, happy, happy. Ha, ha, ha. The first word in happiness is ha. Ha. Some of y'all can't do it. Ha. That's the first word in happy. Ha. You say it all the time, it's ha, ha, ha. Happy people laugh, ha, ha, ha. If you can't laugh, you are being violated. If you can't smile, you are being violated. If you can't rejoice, you're being violated. Your rights. Ha, ha, ha. Now, if you do that around people, make sure your breath smells good, because that ha, ha, ha. Make sure this is. People, ha ha ha! Oh, uh, uh, uh. Uh, uh. Uh, uh. You suck in. Don't blow out. Suck in. Happy. See, look at y'all laughing now. See. You have a right to that. You have a right. You have a right. You have a right. Some of y'all still won't let me. <laughs> you have a right to be happy. You have a right. It's your covenant right to be happy, to enjoy. I came that you might have and enjoy life. Please get all sad, pouty, mopey Christians out of my face. Go somewhere. Go, go drink or something. If you can't find happiness in Jesus, go, go drink. Do something because you ain't right. Go, go do something because you, you you, you're supposed to be happy, man. You're supposed to be happy. This man over here crying. He happy. Ha, ha, ha. No matter what news you hear, no matter what news you hear, Psalm 1, go back to Psalm 112. Oh, Jesus. Remember that guy? Y'all got Luke 15? Okay, forget about Luke 15. Go to Psalm 112. Go back to Psalm 112. Oh, Jesus. Boy, the Holy Ghost just got us over here. So I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to go with the Holy Ghost. Psalm 112. Y'all remember we were over there? Ah. Ah. Happy. 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 Look at verse 6. Surely. You know that man who's rich and blessed? Covenant rights. Verse 6. Surely. Surely. I ain't going to tune this week. I can't tune this week. If I tune, I got to go lower. Surely. That was good. He will never be shaken. I ain't all shook up. No, 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 no. I'm standing my ground. He says, the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Watch this verse 7. Watch verse 7. This is why you can say ha ha and be happy all the time. He will not be afraid of. His heart is steadfast. What? 
his heart is established, he will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. You don't have any reason to be sad and moment depressed. Being happy is your covenant right. It's your covenant right. Thank you, Lord. As a citizen, I have rights. 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 Lord, I want to be happy. Go ahead. Just, just, just start laughing. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Ha! 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 Oh! Ha! Now I know this might seem menial and academic to you, but I'm telling you, the devil. Matter of fact, I, I was teaching on this Wednesday morning that the devil in the last days, in the last days, there's three main areas that the enemy is attacking God's people in. Number one, he's attacking in the area of deception. Everybody say deception. I'm going to preach this some other day. He's attacking the area of deception. The world is deceived already, but he's trying, trying to deceive the body of Christ. If the days weren't short, even the very elect would be deceived, right? Then he attacks in the area, if he can't bring deception, he gets you in distraction, which means he gets you and me involved in other stuff, gets you and me plugged in other stuff and we don't have time for the word, don't have time for prayer, don't have time for church, don't have time for fellowship. We, 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 throw, we throw God a little bone every once in a while because we're distracted. The Bible says the cares of his life and the riches and, and, and things entering in get us all distracted among thorns. About You know what in Matthew 13, Mark 4. And then, then the last one I talked about, which is the biggest one, was if he can't get you in distraction, he gets you in discouragement. Somebody say something to me here. In discouragement. And when the devil's bringing discouragement, what he's trying to do is get you off your happy. He'll get you in discouragement. And the reason people get discouraged is because their, their things aren't the way they want them to be. Now, just, just, you don't have to put your hand up, but how many of y'all have some things in your life that it's not yet the way you want it to be? Don't, I don't need any hands now, but you can put your hands up if you want. Some, some of y'all can do it anyway. But it's not yet the way I want it to be. Now, some of you know that we, by faith and patience, we inherit the promises. But what happens, the devil, he'll bring discouragement to get you off your patience because if he gets you off your patience, then you'll go do something else. And what will happen is when discouragement comes along, if you don't attack it, you will move from discouragement into distraction because you'll, know, you'll now go and try to make things happen on your own. You'll get distracted. And if you let yourself get in distraction before long, you're going to be in deception. And before you long, long, you're going to be disconnected from God out there somewhere and it all started from discouragement. And you know discouragement is there when you have a hard time smiling sitting right here in church. <sighs> I said all, all that to say this. Ha, ha, ha. It's be a rap song. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. All right, stop. All y'all 80s, y'all 80s and 90s babies here. <laughs> Who was that? Who was that? Some of y'all don't know. Happy. I'm supposed to be happy. And the devil wants to keep you from being happy. And so he gets people out there in the world so inundated with all this pressure, all of this strife, all of this anger, all of this rage, all of this bitterness, all this hatred, all this comparison. All that covetousness to get you distracted, to get you discouraged, 
So you can't step into what can be your covenant rights as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Okay. Can I get uh, five, maybe five and three quarters of another minute? Okay, go to Luke 15. I'm going to close here. I'll deal with sonship next week. Luke 15, maybe. Luke 15. Let me show you this and then, and then, then I'll quit. I'll, I'll quit. Because I, I got to show you something here. What, this is how the devil tricks people. Tricky deed. Look at Luke 15, verse 11. Luke, Luke 15, verse 11. And then he said, a, a certain man, this is Jesus talking here, a parable, had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them to, hit, to them his livelihood. He divided to them. He divided to who? Them. Not to him, to them. That means both brothers. Now, I deal with that next week. So them, his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to what? To where? A far country, and there did what? So the devil's trick, now I'm talking to somebody here who the devil has been tricking you a long time. The devil wants you to go into a far country. To get away from what's supposed to be your home country, where everything is good, where everything is provided, where everything is plentiful, where everything is peaceful. And he tricks you, tricks people into going into a far country, something that to this young boy looked more desirable. And that's what the devil does. The devil, what he does with sin I heard somebody say this yesterday, and it was so powerful. What he does with sin, y'all know sin. Y'all know what sin is, right? What he does with sin with people is he lets you get into sin in a trap, but he lets things work out for you. So what he does is you'll be, he'll let people get in sin and everything goes well. Everything's going fine and everything's going nice and sinning, but they're still getting promotion. Sinning, but they're still getting increased. Sinning, but everything's still working out. Sinning, but they still have reasonable health. Sinning, but they get to go on vacation two or three times a month. And sinning, but they're in this lifestyle and everything feels good. But how many know that, this is another message I'm going to preach one day down the road, the pleasures of sin are only for a, the pleasures of sin are only for a, so the trap, the bait of the enemy is to get you so enraptured in sin that it feels so good and it seems so wonderful and it, it's going so well that you never feel like you need repentance. You never feel like you need to step out. You never feel like you need God's help. Why would I need God's help if I'm sinning and everything going well? But the pleasures of sin are only for a season. Because the Bible says that he went into that far country and he said he wasted his possessions. The devil wants you to get out in a far country in the world and waste your possessions and your potential. To spend a life in the world is to waste your possessions, everything God gave you, and your potential, everything that he gave you to do. He wants to get you out in the world and spend 30, 40, 50, 60 years in the world and then you finally maybe come in once you all beaten up, beaten down by the world, lost your eyeball and your hair all fell out and your teeth all gone and everything is gone and you can't hardly figure out your left end from your right end, from your back end, from your front end and now, who I'm going to come to Jesus. He want to get you all used up, washed up, messed up. Round away, girl, homeboy done been shot up 12 times and barely hanging on and now you're going to finally... Who I'm going to come in and try Jesus. No, see, the problem is you don't waste all your possessions and all your potential out there in the world, and that's a trick of the enemy. He'll let you go for a long time, but you're going to waste because when you're in the world, you have limited supply. As long as that son was in his father's house, he could use everything he wanted. It was unlimited. But when he asked for his and he left, he only had a limited supply. The devil keeps you on a leash. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's the reason why you're saying today because you realize the devil had me on a leash. I got to break this leash off my life. He keeps you on a leash and he only lets you go so far. So he wasted, watch this, he wasted his possessions and his, I'm throwing his potential with, with prodigal or what the Bible calls in the King James riotous living. Verse 14, but when he has spent all there, he spent all there arose. But when he spent all there arose. Now, you got to make sure you can understand that. When he spent all, there arose a, a severe famine. That means the famine was only there. When he spent all, there arose a severe famine. The famine wasn't back where he came from. In the kingdom, there is never a famine. In the kingdom, there is never any kind of depression. There's never a recession. God never runs out. But in the world, there always will arise a famine. And notice what happened. Watch this. Here's the trick of the enemy. Watch this. Watch this. And he spent all that he had, and there arose a famine, a severe famine in that, in that land. In that land. Everybody say in that land. And he began to be in want. It's always going to happen. You spend too much time in the world, it's going to always come a day where it's going to run out. That means somebody better hear me today and get saved today. Because if you stay in that world one more day, to, 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 tomorrow might be the day it all runs out. And what you going to do when it all runs out? Well, here is what the devil tricked him into doing. Notice his first resolve. Then he went and joined himself to, to a citizen of that country. So he went to a citizen of that country. Now the citizen of that country was susceptible to the same famine he was susceptible to. Because he was a citizen of that country. And the devil got this young man, rather than go back home right away, he went and joined himself to somebody in the same situation. He's in the same famine. He's in the same quandary. And what the devil will get people to do is, rather than, rather, rather than go and cry out to God, he'll get people to go and join themselves to somebody else in the world, in the same mess, in the same predicament, going through the same hell and high water, and they have no answer for them either. And what the one in the world going to do is prop you up temporarily. He joined himself to a citizen of that country, and notice what the citizen of that country did. He sent him, this Jewish boy, into his fields to feed swine. A Jewish boy he sent to the fields to feed swine. It was degrading. Because that's how the world always treats you. That's how the world will always treat you. Tell your neighbor, you better come on in. You better come on in. Come on, tell somebody else, you better come on in. Because the world will chew you up and spit you out. Look at, I mean, this, this, this want to see how bad he treated him? Verse 16, and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the paws that the swan ate, and no one gave him anything. No one gave him anything. That's how the world does you. This boy joined to a citizen, and that citizen of that country wouldn't even give him the right to eat. That wasn't your right. In the world, you don't have any rights. It finally dawned in this young boy's mind. Many of you know the story. I don't have time to go into it. Because I've already used my five and three quarters of a minute. <laughs> that this, it finally dawned on his mind if I go back home, I have the right to eat at my father's house. And in my father's house, even the servants have plenty of enough bread and to spare. What am I out here doing in the world? Joined to this citizen who they put me down, 
in the worst situation. Because, ladies and gentlemen, at the end of the day in the world, it's every man for himself. And you may think that you got a homeboy in the world and they're going to help you out. You got a homegirl in the world and we're going to be thick as thieves. But at the end of the, end of the day in the world, all everybody concerned about is themselves. And they'll turn on you. They'll snitch on you. They'll throw you under the bus. Before they get fired, they're going to throw you under the bus. Oh, no, they would cheat on the time clock. It wasn't, no, that was them. That's how they're going to do you in the world. Chew you up and spit you out. But in the kingdom, you come back in the kingdom and you have the right to enjoy life, the right to be ha, ha, ha happy, the right to be real, real, real rich and wealthy and to be healed and healthy to live the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give you. Well, next week we'll get into the glory of sonship. This was the rights of citizenship part two. Y'all got to relabel this. The rights of citizenship part two. Did y'all receive anything today? Why don't you give God a big praise if you received that word? Come on, give God a big praise. Hallelujah. Ha, ha, ha. The first word in hallelujah is ha. Ha, 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 ha. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 happy. It's my right. It's my right. Don't let the devil steal, defraud you from what's rightfully yours. You have the right to enjoy life, the right to be happy, the right to be wealthy, the right to live long and live strong. The Bible says in Psalm 91 that with long life I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So long life is a covenant right. The doctor tells you, oh, you know, you don't have long to live. Ah, oh, shut up. Doc, I, I respect you and all your years and all your experience and all your wisdom, but I have a covenant right to long life, you see. Yeah, but that cancer's pretty aggressive. Well, the blood is aggressive. The blood of Jesus Christ is aggressive. It reaches the highest mountains. And it flows. It'll never lose its strength. From day to day. It will never lose its power. So don't let the devil come in and attack you and deprive you of everything that is rightfully yours. Amen? Amen. Now, Father, today I thank you for the word we've received. I thank you that each person today has heard the word and that, God, something has happened in the hearts of your people, in the minds of your people, that, God, each person really just goes back and assesses where, where they are, where we, where we are in our lives, to, to really evaluate those areas where the enemy has violated our rights, our covenant rights as citizens of the kingdom of God. God, I ask that, God, we would be so inclined to use the weapon of praise, this, these weapons of warfare that you've given us, even the weapon of the word, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, to defend our covenant rights, to apply them in our lives. And I pray today that God, each person today who needs that healing touch in their bodies, they receive what they need today. That God, that person who needs financial miracles, that God, they receive it today and then stays in there. That we don't live from miracle to miracle, but we live in our inheritance. Every day living out what you've given us. I thank you for the breakthroughs. 
that are already transpiring in this place. I thank you, Father, that your people are walking in the fullness of the covenant blessing. God, your word says you're always mindful of your covenant. Your word also says you're always mindful of us. So think of the two things on your mind all the time are us and your covenant. So we thank you for it, for the rights we enjoy as citizens. We bless you today and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, I'm going to ask today if there's somebody...